0: You're listening to the Google Ads Podcast, brought to you by Solutions 8 the Google Ads agency.
1: And I don't have to create external demand, or I don't have to create awareness for these brands. I don't have to create demand for these brands. I'm not trying to build a brand.
0: Testers, I think that is really, really kind of like ignored too buy too, yep. too much. There are other people selling
2: this also. So the
1: price have to match. Like if you're spending $500 a day on a P-Max brand campaign, 10, 15 days from now, double it and have a T-roll as goal well on it and just let it run. Instead of standard shopping, I'll just do P-Max. Let, the, let it do the remarketing for me. up, guys? It's been a minute, so I'm back. Haven't been fired just yet, so we're still out here. Anyways, we're gonna be doing some more YouTube videos for you guys. And the way <laughs> these
2: videos are gonna work is YouTube. Everyone's <laughs> <a> <laughs> laughing at me. <laughs> You're um, getting there. You're getting there. we yeah. got three people in here, and he starts the video with "Hey guys, I'm back." Like that's <laughs> kind of level level the doctors have. <laughs> Anyways, back to the thing. We're going to be doing videos
1: where we're going to, Yusuf is going to play devil's advocate for an industry that we work with or we've had or at something. And he's going to be like, here's a supplement company, here's a dentist, here's a whatever. How would you run ads for it? And then me and Effie are going to go back and forth. And then Yusuf's going to play the devil's advocate and be like, okay, but what if this happens? What if that happens? So it's just going to be a back and forth discussion. And we were told that we weren't going to be told what the topic is so if there's like positive and we're like thinking we're
0: actually thinking (laughs) you kind of kind of gave it away but yeah this week let's start discussion with supplement industry where we all have experiences in and there's a lot of trickeries involved and this week i want you two to discuss how you would strategize advertising supplement especially fitness related supplements on google okay. ads yeah, like yeah, proteins pre-workout hormones and like have steroids or what have you questions. So,
1: i have clarification questions one am i building a new supplement brand or am no, you're i wholesaling just, you're different just, supplements
0: you're taking over an existing company you're not building anything from scratch you're taking over their just marketing responsibilities and they're selling okay. well-known brands not all well-known brands but like they have you have the secondary brand option
1: so um, they're selling brands that already exist in the market exactly right?
0: you're not building a brand for them you're selling mm-hmm. existing brands they're just resellers basically but they I will have and their now brand- and then try to try to throw a in your strategies depending yeah. on the real world scenarios we have encountered. And let's see how we're gonna come up with solutions on the go.
2: Do they have their own brand? I'm asking for the profit margins. Usually supplement companies also have their own brand, which is profit margins are thicker.
0: Did they like let's start with regular and then like as if they don't have it? Start with what we would do with the well-known, well-established brands, and once we get there, I'll try to one-up the ante every now and then with additional problems, like FA mentioned, or any other unforeseen but well-known and well-expected problems. So, let's say start with supplement company already has existing data in their account. They're selling well-known brands, mainly selling sports related supplements, pre-workout, pre-workout post-workout, mm-hmm. hormones, maybe it has some testosterone on the side, also protein and your regular mm-hmm. run-of-the-mill supplement. So go.
1: OK, so what's my budget?
0: One
2: additional question for the sake of the video. Do we only talk about Google Ads strategy or is client management is all the same? Because with supplements, we have to set a certain expectation because you're going to get disappointed, right? It's not in our head. Like Google will see something and it's going to get the support we will try everything we can but for a week or for like 10 days your best selling product might be out of the picture yes we will have like plan b's plan c's does this video covers the expectation management also or strictly google
0: that it will cover everything basically the main idea is take what you've seen so far from your real world experiences and like as if just today a new client walked in today what you would do basically that's okay. all i want you guys to do like just today at so like we got assigned a new supplement company that's basically what i've told you like let's say give mm-hmm. you give you guys a you know random budget 25k per month let's say that's it just google ads okay. just to start with because we deal with google ads they walked the okay. right in they got assigned to you and they are again selling well-known brands just to start with. They're targeting three x XOs. They're spending 25k, and they are selling well-known brands. They sell pre-workout, post-workout hormones, testosterone, protein, all the usual suspects. What would your initial strategy will build on on top of that as we go on? Like, what would your initial is, strategy
1: will be? On? Okay, so I'm basing this off of off of the fact that they're well-known brands, which means there's already existing demand for those products. Sure, not all the products are going to sell, but enough for, to know that people know about the brand and whatnot. What I would, so I would start this in two phases. One, where I would run a singular P max campaign for this. And the reason I say a singular performance max campaign is because these are pretty, it's pretty much a wholesale account where they're reselling other brands. And I don't have to create external demand or I don't have to create awareness for these brands. I don't have to create demand for these brand. I'm not trying to build a brand, go ahead. Talk more about the PMAX. Is it top of funnel? Yeah, I'm getting all to all
2: that. Max feed only.
1: Yep. So, what I would do would basically be take assets for said brands that are on the internet already and create asset groups that are brand focused. So, one asset group per brand. And then I would target my audience signals for like weightlifting or running, stuff like that. Right. This is isn't necessarily a top of funnel, middle of funnel campaign. This is essentially literally going to be a middle funnel, bottom of funnel campaign. The reason I say that is what Pmax is really good at doing is capturing existing demand. So if you have something that's already known in the industry, Pmax will find those people. It'll take a little bit to pick up, but it'll find those people. So what you'll end up seeing in your insights over time is that the brands that you carry will be the keywords that start converting. And if there's a certain product for that brand that sells well, it'll just start sell. you'll see those keywords pop up much more aggressively and it'll just start selling itself pretty aggressively. So that would be phase one to get things rolling, right? Next comes up, how do I scale this account or push this account or spend more money in this account, right, because we're gonna hit a wall and not all the brands have the same margins and whatnot. Then I would take what I see in that main PMAX campaign, whatever brands are converting really well let's just say brand A, B, and C were converting well, then C, D, and E, or E, F, G, whatever, aren't converting well. I would split out brand A, B, and C into their own separate campaigns. So now I have brand focused PMAX campaigns and I would give them individual budgets. And like I said before, I'm not trying to create demand. I'm just trying to uh, capture existing demand that's already in the market, which is why, in my opinion, PMAX would work really, really well. And then all you would have to do would be just to push budget and wait. And if you're really tight on targets, I'm even all for just after like a 30 day period of it running consistently, I'm even all for putting a TROAS goal and then just pushing budget as much as aggressively as possible once a month, even doubling down on it. Like if you're spending $500 a day on a PMAX brand campaign, 10, 15 days from now, double it and have a TROAS goal on it and just let it run. Because I'm not trying to build awareness. I don't need to find customers for them. I just need to find people that already want the product and it'll do that
0: for me all right so i'll intervene in here for a second so you're basically selling that you'll first go to reaction would be to do a PMAX, and the asset groups would be divided by the brands themselves okay. not category like you wouldn't do okay. protein pre-workout or something just brand based all right and then okay. i'm guessing for signals you'd combine all of them into one asset group not yeah. one asset group per signal right Yep. Yeah all right so afterwards once you see like the best sellers versus the non-performers you'd separate those the good ones from the bad ones give the best selling ones on their own campaign this time around yep. to give them more on budget
1: a, yep on a per brand basis because something like supplement industry it's the brand that sells. it's never really the product yes the product is like good but <clears> it's the <throat> brand name is extremely important for supplements in general so it would be brand focused
0: this kind of reminds me of your strategy with a certain uh, baby company you did like yeah
1: we yeah this is pretty much exactly the strategy we did for a baby client that we had we basically took them from spending 10k a month to forty thousand dollars a month in the span of literally 45 days with this strategy and they were extremely profitable during the whole duration because they were selling name brand baby products and i didn't have to create brand awareness for those brands at all all i had to do was just go out and capture those people that are already looking for them so don't overthink it in a situation like this just capture demand that exists because there's no way you're going to hit the masses with enough traffic to build the demand for an individual product or brand
0: i guess all right now let's hear fa strategy and afterwards i'll try to ask some questions to throw you guys off track let's see if i'll manage
2: I don't want to say the same things with Osama, so what I would do is just go to Google Analytics because you told me they're an existing company, so they have some data. Usually with supplement companies, they're either good pre-workouts or protein, they have some winning categories. I will try to define them, and maybe I will split the Pmax campaign into those categories more. Maybe like protein versus all, like or pre-workouts versus all, and the one thing we have to look at is the prices because they're reseller let's say nutrition is one of the brands we sell so if one of the competitors is selling it for a lower price we have to know that so I will just ask the client like is there something I should know because there are other people selling this also so the price have to match if you're selling for 150 somebody else is selling for 145 they're gonna go so they have to match so usually with supplement newcomers they either give something like if it's a cash, bank transfer, something like that, it's usually five percent off, or you give away maybe a protein shaker. So those type of stuff also help. So I will ask that. And um, I agree with the Pmax because I want to go with standard shopping, like two step. We can also try that, like brand standard shopping, bottom of the funnel and standard shopping top of the funnel. The one issue with that, so we all know, like Pmax is capturing existing traffic too much. But the good thing about resellers is you also need that. So if it was your own brand, so this is like, let's say it's FA supplements, or I'm only selling FA products, I would just go with standard shopping because I don't need to recapture them. I'm the only one selling them. But you cannot argue with the fact that um, just because they buy the optimum nutrition protein from you doesn't mean they're going to buy it again from you. They can go back to another client. So I would just go with Pmax. But while I'm scaling the account, let's say your you by, was 25K per month, you're up 30, you're up 40, you're up 50. So we're going to see a cap in PMAX because try to use the money on display or YouTube too much. That's when we have to go to standard shopping, I guess. But that's why I asked Thomas, um, uh, what are your thoughts about PMAX funnel? Because PMAX is which is basically PMAX without feed, uh, it can just cover the remarketing part, and you can scale standard shopping. So that's what I would go for. And if they have an existing brand, like it's, let's say, F.A. supplements, they also have F.A. proteins, YouTube top funnel for that. That would be huge because the profit margin would just crush it.
1: So are we switching directions to your own supplement brands? Because I have thoughts on that too.
0: No, wait. Hold hold your horses for a moment. And, uh, we're going to get to there. But first, I got one question for each of you. F.A. So you're basically selling that, which I kind of agree, but I just want to highlight it. Since our client is a reseller, price match is a big issue. Yeah. Because like at the end of the day, if you're buying the specific brand of supplement, you don't care where you buy it from. You're going to your major decision point is going to be the price because you know the product like who sells it doesn't matter
1: it's yes. weird because you could literally be like three cents cheaper and that three cents cheaper person is going to get the click no matter what right no. it's like it just just,
2: happened, just basically. it just happened last week we have a client they're selling let's call it x proteins they were selling yeah. X it was doing good and was capturing a lot of a secondary brand conversions then I've all of a sudden it died i look at it and everybody's selling that product for 38 39 but now we start to sell it for 45 it dies mm-hmm. if you're selling reseller like if you're a reseller yeah. you have expected
0: prices all right
2: That's so that is important
0: all right i also kind of like i know most of the clients advertise price match price match guarantee but people just don't want to go for it like i i don't want to buy now and then you know or kind of like contact them and get that them to drop the price or ask for a coupon yeah. card or something i just i'll probably like as with Lightning, I'll probably go with the path of least resistance and just look for anywhere that's cheaper that will save me a few clicks. Because at the end of the day, it just kind of like, I don't know, like it all boils down to whichever is shorter, the customers will go for that. Like whichever is yeah. easier, whichever more convenient, the customers will go for it. Like no matter how much price match guarantee you offer, your price should kind of like They don't want to go to
2: the hassle
1: of exactly. talking to a, someone and like this is where i'm finding what they could just go buy it from said exactly other shopify store
0: all right so my next question is for you sama since you are heavily into PMAX for this specific client how would you think dynamic remarketing or in this case it the work. non-existence of it would affect you because as we all know once when it comes to health products google Disapproves your products from dynamic remarketing how do you think that would affect your strategy in the long run or in the short run
1: i don't think it would actually i think if someone's looking for a product they'll just buy it i don't think i need to dynamically remarket them because if someone's looking for a protein it's because they're probably out of the protein and they're looking to buy it so they would just go to wherever they can to buy it So i don't think it'll have a huge effect on it because i'm not trying to build a brand a supplement brand or a presence i'm just trying to sell what i have, so i don't think it'll affect that it at all maybe yeah, like but I'll lose aren't you
0: relying aren't you relying on too much on the customer to like know what they want before they arrive like what if this guy is kind of like looking to get shredded build some muscle mass and now he's kind of like researching pre-workout yeah, supplements the
1: research they're gonna do they're not gonna go to a website and do research on a product, no, right?
0: No, They're going like, to watch YouTube videos, mm-hmm. they're
1: going to read vlog, uh, blogs and be like, oh, this is a good one, right? And then they're going to search for it and try to find it. That's where no. the e-commerce stores come in.
0: I, I, I agree with like, well, I'm more of, I think, more thinking about in terms of active ingredients, like let's say X brand and Y brand, but they're mm-hmm. practically basically the same because like they use the same amount of uh, active ingredients, maybe the fillers or the additional supplementary i don't know like what do you call it the ingredients are different but the main active ingredient are the same so you i don't know like i maybe you think that you remarketing would help a little bit to convince them that the y brand is no good but your the x brand you're carrying is better than it but in practically it's the same but you're trying Mm -hmm. to you know make make up there are you saying that they will come to you with their mindset on a specific product
1: because I don't see an individual I because I buy supplements I never go to Amazon or a a supplement like an e-commerce store to do my research for what type of products I want always YouTube reviews or blog posts that I read stuff like that like and then when I want to buy it then I go to a store and buy
0: the product okay so speaking about YouTube since you guys then yeah, both ICFA nodding silently in the background agreeing with Osama then what do you think should the client have their own product reviews up on YouTube something like that or that come as untrustworthy for clients like from a customer perspective do you think that would work like would you trust a review from a company that by itself like I'm the guy selling the product myself. If I did YouTube reviews of the said product and put it on YouTube for my potential customers to see, or maybe advertise those videos, do you think that would be a worthwhile strategy or would that would come as, I don't know, like not that convincing since again, I'm testimonial I'm videos it. for like said products. And not testimonial, but maybe you have a guy in-house guy, or you have someone like a, I don't know, like you hire a yeah, like fitness coach kind of guy he just reviews the products for you i
1: would do that if i was selling my own brand i wouldn't do that for already existing brands because there's i get i guarantee like whatever brands out there there's already a video of like 30 videos of someone reviewing that product for you some fitness coach some influencer some mom on youtube that's reviewing that product for you you don't need to it's you're just wasting money at that point in my opinion
0: okay Efe, you got anything to add before I move on to the next phase of our strategy or your strategy?
2: No, I would just add for the video, I would convince them to find an influencer or somebody has some authority in that line of business, a review for your own brand will be good from an influencer that can just boost your YouTube performance. I would use that. And what was the other thing? Yeah. And The topic about creating and harvesting demand is just for the resellers and this supplement industry. You don't have to think much about creating that demand. The demand is already that people are using it. You just have to convince, come buy from you. So, using most of your money for the
0: harvesting part would be just wise instead of creating that. Okay, so we both kind of like gave the same answers when it comes to selling pre-existing brands, reselling them. So, and what I was gonna ask is next question but the FA kind of like eased me into it so now your client comes to you and says all right now we're thinking of launching our in-house brand which like the profit margins are going to be much more greater so we want you guys to start pushing this more aggressively like I, I don't want to sell this secondary brand I would prefer if you could sell my own brand so now creating that or creating that demand comes into question how do you guys handle that
2: yeah it, it'll all start with youtube because to create demand youtube is the best place but you have to be paid so know this most of the protein users are just loyal to their own brand like i'm using let's say i'm using rice protein i'm not going to change it you have to go for the protein protein powder researchers so a standard shopping for that specific product would be good so top of the funnel just focused on your brand, standard shopping. Plus a YouTube campaign, but put most of the money for the YouTube. And also be patient. It will take some time for people to just learn about you, like know about you. And reviews also matter. So when you first come to the product, let's say it's rice protein, you're not going to buy. You're going to make a lot of search like rice protein, rice protein reviews. You're going to go to maybe Reddit to read some of the people who are already using that. So testimonial video from an influencer, plus some user-generated contents. And if you have a professional athlete—not not on that national level, but somebody who has some kind of authority talking about your brand is also good. So I'll be using like five or six videos in a YouTube top campaign with four targeting options, meaning four ad groups. And just give it two months, you will start to see something. And you can just build up on that because you have the high profit margins Your product. Then, if you need three X to be profitable now, you need two X, and you know you have that lifetime value issue, uh, not issue the benefit, and rest is up to the customer because, yeah, again, protein is all about loyalty. So I will encourage you to, so you're selling two kilograms of protein, which would take like a month, maybe forty days, to just use all of it. So um, after thirty days, after twenty-five days, I would tell you to just email them or call them. Hey, are you out? We have a car there. We can just drop by your usual. So that would be good.
0: You would hold on to that user for life. All right, I'll save my questions for later. Sama, do you have anything to add? Yeah, I would do it slightly different.
1: One of the the very first thing I would focus on before even getting into the ads of thing is creating a, like a ridiculously good landing page because if you're trying to get someone to split out of their already existing products you need to be convincing enough right so have testimonials get open box reviews send it out free samples for someone get some ugc content basically have like a killer landing page with a lot of information on why you're better or superior to the others right you need some unique selling propositions on there like something to put you in the market right something that puts you uh differentiates you, essentially. Then I would do pretty much what FA did, YouTube, but instead of standard shopping, I would do Pmax. And the reason I say Pmax is because YouTube is gonna go outbound and Pmax is gonna be ridiculously good at remarketing people, right? If I wanna sell a protein, I need to be top of mind. If I wanna build a brand for something, I need to be top of mind of every individual out there that I show up for, right? Over time, Sure, it's going to look really bad over time. Once people are like, Oh, I keep seeing this brand everywhere I go, like I'm on film. everywhere YouTube, it's there. Like if I'm remarketing on Facebook, they're on Facebook, Instagram, they're there. Over time, you're going to build some form of trust with them. And then eventually, some people are going to start converting, is when your revenue is going to start rolling in. And then you have a customer. Your next step is to retain that customer over time. So as long as you deliver good products and send out good emails, make sure you follow up or something like that some form of promotion you'll be fine so instead of standard shopping i'll just do PMAX. let the, let it do the remarketing for me so
0: i want to s- i want to say something yeah i think you kind of like mentioned a really important issue that everybody seems to gloss over really quickly like i, I also want to tie this to my next question testers i think that is really really kind of like ignored too by t- yeah. too much because like we're talking about proteins mostly right now. So I bought proteins, FA bought proteins, you bought proteins. And when it comes to that, taste matters a lot. Like everybody, yes, I know everybody yeah. looks at the amount of protein per serving. That's important. And how trustworthy the brand is, that's also important. But even if you put a gun to my head, I would never, for example, drink a banana-flavored protein. I would just simply yeah. refuse <laughs> it. I, I hate it that much. Like anything, anything banana-flavored, I would literally like to rip my tongue off i hate that much i mean i like bananas i don't know i have something it's against artificial the banana bananas, I yeah i thought it was gonna cure. sorry <laughs> <laughs> no don't worry if 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 we do it i will put the bloopers in extras so be like, uh, beep. <laughs> so but i feel like that's really overlooked a lot like you sell your yeah. own brand or maybe you have this killer neo taste that's incredibly tasting really ridiculously good but yep. i don't want to risk and buying it two pound 14 just because of reviews because taste is subjective and it, but if you just sent me like a little one-time Test. package i would definitely pay like maybe five bucks for it and then make just you just know, ask people to pay for the shipping and send it to them with a bit of complimentary you know
1: or raises a really interesting point in terms of testers and liking a product. Because if some for something like supplements, vitamins, or stuff like that, or makeup, cosmetics, stuff like that, if someone likes a product, they're going to tell someone else about it. Word of mouth is still the, literally the strongest form of advertising out there, right? So if I buy a protein, I like it. And let's say FAs on some form of like, FA, you're going to try this. This shit, this thing is amazing, right? I'm gonna get FA to buy, right? FA likes it. F a. is gonna be like, "Oh, this is amazing," and FA is gonna give it to like three other people, right? So it's gonna be like a what's a halo effect that over time, if it's a good product, it's just gonna grow exponentially.
0: Yeah, and that's with that said, I wanna like ask you guys. I mean, I, I kind of know the answer to it, but I just wanna voice it anyway. Like that also ties into with the issue of stocking, like. Would you guys agree that the especially if you're in the supplement business, you really need to be watchful of your stocks because a person that buys X brand chocolate flavored protein will not buy vanilla from the same brand. Even if they're running out, they'll probably go to somewhere else that has chocolate in stock. You might have the right price, you might have the right brand, you might have everything in place. But if you miss my preferred flavor. I will take my business elsewhere
1: oh yeah 100 percent. keep your
2: inventory uh, especially uh, for your best sellers
0: what that's... if I that's the client's responsibility by
2: the way I, no, I you know, know. You... No,
0: like that's like...
2: don't have it to Google just make it ever again. like just pipe a thousand to your product even if you run out just expand the delivery data usually let's say it'll be come coming to you within four to five days make it seven to 14 just keep on selling until you restart and for your best sellers you should never run out of stock and another example for this we have this supplement client right so they're selling a pre-workout brand and they have seven flavors six of them are disapproved six of them we're not able to advertise. we're only we're only allowed to advertise for this one if you ran out of stock for this one you're just out if somebody's looking for x protein and you're out of this you're out yeah so
1: this, you gotta be because that because that one flavor will bring all the traffic and they can buy whatever flavor they want right but if that one flavor runs out you're, you're completely should, out.
2: Like, let's say this is banana and these are others but you're looking for x protein chocolate this would still show up maybe for this fifth place sixth place seventh place but this will show up this would be enough to capture the pre-existing secondary brand search volume What if you yeah. this, you're just out so supplement clients please please a prices plus stocks all you gotta do
0: that's another question i was gonna bring but since you opened the pandora's box let's talk about a little bit about disapprovals a big big issue when it comes to supplements like even even if you look at like look at your gmc wrong google will instantly disapprove your best selling product without a question and good luck to you getting that back up so let's just wrap up with disapprovals how would we i mean i i've been dealing it for a long long time now and it's not getting any easier but what would you to say to like any people who are running advertisements for google ads for a supplement company or like to the owners of business like or dealing with like should they accept the fact that their product's going to get disapproved eventually or one day they might wake up to their best selling getting disapproved should they like say goodbye to those products should they look for alternatives or are there any workarounds that you come up that can kind of like give them a hope to ever restore that product to you know, being served in Google ads
1: there's like mixes between disapprovals but you can avoid them or decrease your chances. At some point with supplements, you're gonna get disapproved for some reason, because Google's like that, but you can usually get them back. But to avoid or decrease the chances of them, don't make any claims, don't make any promises, don't put banned words on your product page for the sake of having them but those are the two major ones. Like with health products specifically, never make any claims on your product pages, never promise anything on them. And usually you're fine with them.
0: All right.
2: That's wow. well, it. Uh, for that, for the clients, like we have five minutes. I'll just talk. One, look at your reviews, okay? Because let's say you're yeah. selling 15 and somebody says, this product is better than a steroid. Google will come to your page and be like, okay, I see steroid, this is banned. So even your reviews have to be clear. Look for that. Second, for the products, if they got this, the quickest way to just fix it: a, get rid of the GTIs. I know GTIs is good for the past or existing data, but if you cannot advertise for them, what good is the past data? So just get rid of them. One, b, Google category. Google will put you into a to its own category if you can make it something broad, like. Let's say you're selling protein is probably under supplements and vitamins. You can just select like beauty and like a general broad. oh so uh, yeah, category. it goes
0: health and beauty supplements and vitamins and and some other subcategories. You're just saying go more vague and select health and beauty instead of going deeper into the chain.
2: Get rid of everything. Get rid of the description because like if you're selling, let's say it's a testosterone, which is like disappeared in Google just try to type the brand name in the title and again in the description don't touch anything else because as long as you get them de- approved and you capture the existing demand for that brand like x protein You're good you, got, you don't need nothing else
0: well i think it's a good way to wrap our first video by literally giving tips on how to circumvent google's <laughs> safety (laughs) measures about health and stuff so yes (laughs) good call guys good review uh yeah that's all i have and thanks you guys for your insightful answers to my questions and i hope we did a good job and i'll see you guys next week uh, with another make believe client in another specific industry where i'll kind of you know put you guys to difficult questions all right All right, then. See you, everyone. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Google Ads Podcast. For more ways to grow your business with Google Ads, you can subscribe to the Solutions 8 YouTube
1: channel. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. And if you'd like to work with the best Google Ads agency in the world, you can visit Solutions8 at sol8.com.